Hey there, Internet. I can't know for sure, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that you woke up this morning thinking, hey, if only there was a place I could hear a bunch of cool people talk about video games. Well, then we've got a show for you. From developer interviews to casual conversation, from exciting indie titles to fresh takes on your favorite games, this is the Gamers with Glasses Podcast. Hello there, Internet, and welcome back after much time and travail to the Gamers with Glasses show. We are still here. We're still writing and we're still saying things uh, in a year that has tried to kick both our individual and collective butts pretty much as hard as possible. Uh, but we are a volunteer run operation that is still running and still volunteer. And we are so, so glad that you've chosen to join us today. Uh, I am thrilled to be joined today by some friends that I haven't gotten to talk to in a while and that I'm so excited to talk with now. Uh, first, of course, the one and only Christian Haynes. Hello. And the one and only Don Everhart. Hi there. Hi, guys. How are you doing? And you're Nate, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, are, are, are we joined by the one and only Nate no. Schmidt? No, I'm just like a, a, a sort of, I've become this kind of eldritch entity that sort of fills this void, this empty space. It's remarkable. It's really hard to even like create sound that comes out of this kind of like center of this black hole that i i, I, I don't in. buy it my my favorite musical is into the woods and famously <laughs> the narrator the character in, in that play and uh i think you're maybe more of that yeah anyway um but speaking of eldritch entities uh maybe don you could tell us about oh are we gonna talk video games on the gamers of the last show oh i mean um, i guess if, if if we must, um, I thought we were talking musicals because I do that. Um, you know what game was in early access since, uh, what, 2019 or 2020 or something and then had a full release this past fall? I'm talking about World of Horror. I'm still playing horror games. I will continue to do that throughout the year. It is always that season for me. And... You know, there's this game I've been playing from, I don't know, when it was like 0.7, then it was 0.9, and then it was 0.9, lots of things, other digits for a while. And now it's one. And I think I finally figured out how to play it. <laughs> <laughs> After how long? Um, I've only put a couple hours into it here and there. Okay. Um, okay. But after the 1.0, it's, it's been more like a couple more hours in a very short period of time. It is, uh, for, for those of you who are unfamiliar, World of Horror is a 
uh, one or two bit um, in color game. Um, it is a it is a rogue like game. It has a lot of procedural and random generation. Uh, most of the art in it is high contrast as a result of that graphical style and choice, um, deliberately designed to be a throwback to uh, games at the opening era of having GUIs um, in the 80s. Um, but it is a little more GUI and a little less text parser which even if it was a text parser, wouldn't stop me from playing it because there's fantastic text parser games that are still being made and win interactive fiction awards and things like that. But this is one where if you don't like typing in commands uh, into a parser and seeing what you can do with the different verbs and whatnot, well, you can click. You can click on things in World of Horror. You explore a small Japanese town in which strange and yes, eldritch events have been taking place. Which eldritch events and which elder god is attempting to break through into this world and cause its doom? Well, there's a there's a range of those and you can have it assigned randomly every time you have a run, which I, I, I always do. I'm not going to chase down the same elder god every time. That seems like it would be counter to the very idea of, of the game in question. You start out, you're in your apartment, you have five cases of weird things that have been happening around the town. And the odds of you dying while pursuing one of those cases or losing your mind are very high. Um, the thing that makes the game so difficult to play is that it's it's difficult. <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, the, when, when you encounter monsters, the odds of the terms of the engagement being balanced about 50-50, even for like the first monster you encounter are pretty high, which means you're kicking and punching or searching around for an improvised weapon. There's a button for that. Or maybe you stopped at the hardware store and bought a hammer. Um, I highly recommend that. Um, hammer's very, very swift weapon. Everything's turn-based. Everything has a cost in terms of the amount of time takes to execute a move. And then they do it right back to you, but probably terribly. My favorite thing about this game is that when you're cursed or injured or something like that, you have a character portrait that's in the bottom right of the screen and they just get so gnarly. You get so <laughs> messed up. Like terrible things happen. There's a curse that's just called holes. Uh, holes just appear on your character. It's not good. More injured, yeah. maybe you're covered in bandages, and then you have holes, you start seeping things, you're losing your mind, and you're like wandering around like the central shopping district of this small town, being like, Hey, have you guys heard this rumor about like <sighs> I don't know, insert something terrible here? There's a guy in a red cape going around chopping off people's feet, and I guess I'm trying to track him down, even though when I do track him down, the first thing that's probably going to happen is He's going to try and chop off my feet. I was going to say, he's going to chop off your feet, isn't he? <laughs> it just sounds like my 2023. Exactly. I'm seeping, I have holes. <laughs> oh, it just, it's just terrible. It's just a mess over here. <laughs> and if you wanted to do that in a game where you can take as many tries at it and runs at it as you want, 
And in a way, I think this is a very good fit for that rogue structure because it means that bad things happen randomly to you. Uh, the cases are all written and structured and branching paths and things like that. And they only have a couple different endings and outcomes to them. Um, but the events inside of them are, are fairly, uh, fairly random. And it's a good fit for, you have an elder guy that is just trying to make things crazy and bad. Like 2023. <laughs> like me on this um, podcast, the, the Eldritch being uh, that is here to ruin the podcast for, <laughs> for the two of you. Correct. There, there is one wonderful thing about the 1.0 release that isn't true of 2023 difficulty modes you can set it to mm. an easier difficulty mode ah. and have a better chance of surviving your earlier encounters solving a few cases accumulating more resources and proceeding in the game un unlocking more weird stuff in events which i mean honestly that's the whole motivation of playing world of horror i just want to see more weird stuff and events and terrible things happen to that character portrait that is why i'm playing the game that's fair how different is like one run from the next like one run through the game you have some controls over that um so there, there's a few things that you can do right you can make it very different by insisting on a lot of randomness. Um, or you can say, hey, give me the same Eldritch God again. Uh, I'd like the same doom effects to happen as I proceed through the, the timeline of the game. Um, so you can, you can make it more stable. You can make it more random. Uh, similarly, you're given a range of cases and... I haven't exhausted them yet because I haven't played enough of the game, but there are only so many stories contained inside of it. It is not Dwarf Fortress where uh, <laughs> the game is also uh, creating stories and text. Um, the text has all, all been written um, and systematized. So if you pursue the same case that you've previously done, it'll be pretty similar in its structure and its writing, the climactic event of the case will probably be the same if you make it there. Um, and each one of them probably has between one and four different endings. Um, so there's, I, I think it would take me a really long time if I wanted to be completionist about seeing absolutely everything in the game. Um, I don't, I don't aim to do that. It would be nice just to go through one cases and, and see what happens when I go into the lighthouse to actually confront the the big bad being at the end, which I haven't accomplished yet. I've never finished five cases. <laughs> We're always going to the lighthouse. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about that. <laughs> Christian, what are you playing these days? Um, I've been bouncing around a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm playing some of the same games as you, Nate, which is to say uh, Mario Wonder. So we could talk about that and Diablo 4. I played some of that. Um, I think the game that I've spent the most time with over the past few weeks uh, is Spider-Man 2, which is a very triple A, triple A game. Um, it's very polished. 
What's well, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, uh yeah. six A's or so. Um no, it's it's very good. Um it's very polished, it feels really good, it's fun to swing around a Spider-Man. It's not a spoiler because it's on the cover to say that you end up being Venom and Venom's involved and how they bring that in is pretty good. Um and it feels really good to be Venom. And they do fundings with the PS5 controller where like the Venom voice is coming out of the controller, uh, which is actually pretty clever, right? Like, and also yeah, yeah. they're because of the haptics on the PS5 controller, they're kind of producing like little squirminess under your fingers. And that's kind of fun. Um I will say the one thing that Spider-Man has going for it that is actually quite distinct and i think is you know very indicative of just the franchise the ip is it has a kind of brightness and optimism even within like the dark things that i will honestly say in a year that has kind of sucked hard for a variety of reasons has been nice you know it is it is nice to see peter parker powing around with his buddy harry and with mj and it's just nice it's nice to have a section where you just ride a bicycle with your friend um and there's nothing more than that than see and then you sneak in your old high school for a reason you know and um you know so there's just a call and miles is back for this one too and you get to play as miles and peter and their skill sets are similar enough that you never feel lost, like switching between them, but also different enough in terms of their animations and some of the tactics that it, you know, it's fun to bounce back and forth. And New York is bigger because they added, sort of added Queens and sort of added Brooklyn um, or pieces of it at least. And it's, yeah, you can fly now or glide, you know, so it feels a little bit like. The Wait, Spider-Man can fly? Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, he can he can go on updrafts and he can glide. I guess Spider Man you know? doesn't fly. Yeah, well, I mean, to it's be like fair, having a cape it's disrespectful. It's, yeah, some spiders are capable of gliding, and so which mm-hmm. I think is the thing they point out at some point in the game. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a good one of those. You know, it's it, it is a very good one of those, um, and. You know, I'm sure I'll finish it because it'll be easy to finish and it's fun. Maybe it has too many mini games. Some of them are fine. Some of them are not. Uh, and then I'm, I'm, I started playing Alan Wake 2, but I'm not far enough in to talk about it, really. I love Remedy games. I'm replaying Control on my Steam Deck while I'm playing this, uh, which we did a podcast about Control, I don't know, a while ago. So folks can look at that if you want. But um, But yeah, other than that, you know, can I ask you something about Spider-Man 2 and Venom, where if it happens, I want to be spoiled. I want to know. In fact, it would be probably the highest selling point of the game to me if this took place. So if if, if you don't want to hear Christian's yes or no answer to this question, and I'm only looking for a yes or no here, you can mute the next 30 seconds or so. At some point, well having possession of and being possessed by venom do you get into a lobster tank and eat the lobsters tom hardy style i don't know it would not surprise me if there's some nod towards that uh i have never seen the film though 
I will say the movie if you prefer. <laughs> I, I'm so. happy to spoil that part of it to you because I hope that is as big a selling point to you as it would be to me. Yes, well, I mean, it does a scene in the movie in which that happens. I should watch. <laughs> so if you it. want to see yeah, Max Rockatansky jump into a lobster tank in the middle of a hotel in San Francisco and just bite the head off a lobster in a frenzy in front of a bunch of white tablecloth onlookers. I really, I recommend the movie Venom. (laughs) This is a selling point. I'm not sure I've heard anyone say the words I recommend the movie Venom before. I thought like the first one people loved, right? Like that was like a kind of cult classic sort of deal. I haven't seen the second one because no one. The second one people hate. I I also, I'm like, (laughs) I, I, you can't go back, right? Like you, you give me this, this glorious 60 seconds, which is good enough to make me sit through the other, like you know, 88 minutes or whatever. I'm sure that movie has a short runtime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even care about the rest of it. You need that one bit. Flawless. There's Venom 2 probably has nothing for me. In probably comparison. not. Probably yeah. not. Don only likes movies where people dismember seafood, uh, sea creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, There's none of that as far as I'm mm-hmm. aware. But, you know, so the main villain in this is Craven, And so there is a lot of like, you know, there's a little bit of dismemberment, I would say. You know, light dismemberment. Um, light dismemberment. Yeah. Dismemberment. And, and there's also, like, Craven's just, like, picking off supervillains. So there is kind of, I will say, there there's some moments, you know, mild spoilers, where you realize a villain that you fought in, like, the previous game has just been, like, killed, you know, off stage, as it were, uh, by Craven. And, and there's a kind of, that's actually a move, you know? That's kind of interesting. That's a thing you can do in a video game when you know you're only going to have like be releasing these every three to six years or something, you know, you don't have to worry about the comic book cadence. So th- that I would say is kind of interesting. The other thing I'll say, and this is not, I'll, I'll steal a line from what I think was a Polygon article, polygon.com article, which is that they did, and they already started doing this with my, the miles game. They did, think about the police presence in the first game because in the in the first game you're very much kind of working with the police and you know the polydon.com article said i think it's not inaccurate in this game you're more like a firefighter and there's a lot of truth to that in part because you actually do put out fires quite a bit in a literal sense and uh but also because they introduced a mechanic, for example, where if you save somebody, you're actually going to, they might be injured and you might need to swing them to the nearest hospital or to an ambulance. And there's a quality in which they really just kind of emphasize, you know, the friendly neighborhood Spidey, you know, uh, that I appreciate, you know, that he does feel like he's trying to help. So that's nice. This sounds you know. way too chipper for me. This sounds so... It is. I it saw, is. It's, I saw a tweet it, that was like, oh, what was it? It was like, I'm driving home from Pizza Hut in my 2002 Camry, listening to the new Blink-182 album, getting ready to play the new Spider-Man game in my mom's basement. The year is 2023, and I am 42 years old. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's definitely like... a quality to that. <laughs> I, I also feel like, to go back a minute ago, where you said that they just had Craven ace some villain from like the Sinister Six from the first game off camera. I feel like there's a certain 
going back to Spider-Man's pro wrestling roots uh, in that. And we all know, um, I hope that Spider-Man's origin story prominently features a stint as a pro wrestler. Uh, and and I feel like his his villains, even once he gives that up for great power and responsibility, uh, have a, a sort of pro wrestling quality to them. Yeah. And there's something really great about a bigger villain casually murdering a, a, a previous villain. It's talent enhancement, right? That that villain who got murdered, total jobber. He's just there clearly to make Craven look good. Um, here's the new heel. He's got to dispose of the old heel. Spidey's I mean, still the face. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny as like, you know, it, it is a game where like you have to invest in the goofiness and the charm and like he's cracking jokes a mile a minute you know and if you don't like that you're really not going to like that and on the flip side though it's yeah it's got a certain charm and um there is a quality it's there is a continuity or there's a commonality between that and mario wonder in the kind of charm quality though i would maybe say Mario Wonder, I would say just more inventive um, for reasons we'll probably get into. Um, but I was actually thinking as you're talking about cracking jokes, how if I had the opportunity to ask Nintendo writ large one question, it would be if you are going to put in an option to make the Wonder Flowers not vocalize, why record dialogue so that the wonder flowers talk every single time you walk past them i just cannot imagine a universe in which anyone wants to be screamed at by this stupid little trumpet shaped orange bastard every I'm time good with it. you left it on christian yes what we are legion it is i think it is a i think it is a 50 50 split i love those little i love those little flowers oh no oh i did oh yes (laughs) there was one i'm also not pacing back and forth as mario though (laughs) no but just hearing them i heard it one time i heard it one time and was like no there must be there must be an option to turn this off or this game will be unplayable for me and uh there was mercifully it's so funny i mean this is that people are having these strong reactions i also think there's a lot of people that do like it and i think that like you can see it in the back and forth on the internet there's as many people that like it as don't i will say more because we're not accounting for the fact that again these are games especially the mario games designed for kids um uh but i like them I like I like and they get sassy. I like their jokes. I like their jokes about like that are also hints. You know? Yeah, I mean I don't mind their jokes, but I can read their jokes. I like reading their jokes. I don't have yeah. to hear them yell that yell the joke at me. They don't yell. They are so obnoxious. They're so obnoxious. It having them on made me feel the way that you feel when you're trying to play a game and there is a child that isn't old enough to be able to play the game themselves like pulling on your arm and 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 sort of yelling random stuff at you during the during the time i did like the part there was one time where oh i wish i could remember the level maybe maybe if this happened to you you'll you'll know it i think it's the first one that introduces the giant rolling spike balls mm-hmm 
the where the where the whole world tilts back and forth and or this not the whole world but the whole screen like will tilt and I the thought ball that will... game was called loco roco and it was released on <laughs> yes <laughs> there are so many other games that are in mario wonder somewhere but i accidentally got to the wonder flower place without getting the wonder flower or, or the wonder oh, seed there or, or or no it is the wonder flower in the level and so I got there and I ran all the way through and nothing happened and nothing moved. And it was just this huge empty cavern that I ran oh, through. Funny. And then I got to the end and the flower said, you're not supposed to be here. How'd you even do this? You need to leave and come back the right way. And I was like, I have been sassed. I have been there's, sassed there's a, so And hard. there's a lot of that. And I totally understand <laughs> not wanting it vocalized, but that doesn't bother me. But there's actually a lot of that. You know, yeah. there's a lot of just like weird, ironic meta commentary and doesn't always work. But yeah, I find it charming. I mean, have you played, I guess. Don, have you played this at all? I I have not. My my closest 2023 new Mario media experience is that months ago when uh, I had a nephew come to visit. Really cool kid really cool visit we went to universal we did go to super mario world nice. wow that's awesome that is yeah. that's that's an experience yeah um, what was it like give us like your um, two minute don review of the super mario experience yeah it it's it is very impressive how to scale so much of that block of the theme park is and the sculpting and animatronics are are impressive the mario kart rides maybe the best thing in the park now um it it is very quick but it sort of gives you like eight different tracks of mario kart and like whatever the four minutes it takes to ride it after you wait in line for 110 minutes um, <laughs> of course <I> totally <laughs> uh, uh, the one thing i will say for all of the love and care put into the animatronics and the very obvious product tie-in to the Super Mario Brothers movie, which also a new piece of Mario media I've consumed this year, I don't think can actually be properly called a movie. A movie has structural elements mm -hmm. that um, that that that, that thing doesn't have product placement. <laughs> Super Mario movie doesn't have any of that. Um, I don't think it actually has a plot. No, uh, there I, wouldn't I be Mario it, if it, it did have has a plot. characters in a very technical sense. It's like it has characters, but even the characters are just subsumed by their voice actors. So it's like it looks like Donkey Kong, but it's just Seth Rogen. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and and being in Mario World at Universal reminds me of all of that. Like the movie and this chunk of hmm. theme park were clearly contemporaneously conceived and executed. And so in that way of like, if you want to see a deeply coherent commercial universe and stand within it um, in how surreal that is, highly recommend that. I will say in terms of theme park design, there is an idiotic quality to the area, which is as simple as, I know they're under space constraints and they expect large crowds and so on and so forth. Because they're on one of the hottest days of the year there is no shade. Mm. There are no seating areas. In fact, in order to do anything that would involve even 
probably having some form of beverage or hydration, which you desperately need after standing in that line, your odds of getting it inside of there are as small as, do you want to wait another 90 minutes? Right. Or would you prefer to walk out of here to a different part of the theme park where they're still selling blue raspberry ices? <laughs> that's rough. That's hard. It, that's yeah. hard. Yeah, that's yeah. that is that was just bad design. Yeah, um, that is bad, bad design. Awful movie. Um, yeah. Interesting physical space to be in. That's that's the review. <laughs> Can I just say briefly that the what the Mario movie does remind me of is the like Victorian era panoramas that people would, you know, just go to, to see the show, right? The show, yeah. the visuals are the show. Like the thing. This is that, why I didn't mind the movie. Yeah. yeah like if, if you, I, I agree with you, Don, that there are basic things that I generally associate with movies that didn't, that aren't in the yeah. Super Mario movie such as it is but like yeah that that like there is another type of medium that is a little bit more antiquated which is sort of just about like be immersed in what it looks like to be in this for a little while and and that was a feeling that i had that i don't know that i always minded there were times when it was okay it's more fun when you're actually present physically inside of it yeah um the space hmm. is better than the movie although the space is also obviously and deliberately reminiscent of the movie mm. you are meant to feel like you stepped inside of the movie it is universal studios and right. they succeeded greatly in that yeah yeah it's just that the movie is terrible so stepping right. inside of it i have mixed feelings <laughs> see i don't think the movie is terrible the first movie was terrible the first movie was a disagree you know Bob and i don't Austin, think the first movie was even worth Zama watching movie? on that, like that's a, a, oh, it's a bad movie it, What's it that? is a movie the Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo. No, it's I, yeah, that's and that's the problem with it. It has no charm. It's boring. Like I can't get through it. I, and I watched it when it came out, and I watched it again. So I guess I can get through it. <laughs> it recently. But this, I probably watched it ten years ago, which to me counts as recently. <laughs> um, it has a kind of mystery science theater charm to it a which, little bit and i have never liked mystery science feet ah okay so okay. i'm i'm one of those people that like that kind of thing just doesn't click with me right and i right, don't right it's funny because i don't want to watch the new mario movie again like i i will probably i watched it in the theater once with my kid and i think that was enough but it it, it felt to me like the most faithful adaptation of the games you could have, which is that it is two-dimensional. The only character that I did feel like was subsumed in the actor was Bowser because Jack Black actually has a personality. The rest, like, you know, like Chris Pratt's practically a non-entity. So it's like just, I watched Mario on the screen bouncing around. <laughs> He's with me here know. in the void. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's the thing. It's like, to me, it was just a movie of scenery. If they would have made it silent, it would have been just as good. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and and you know, no worse either. So it was like, um, <laughs> you know, it was. But like when you're watching, but but when you're watching Bowser in that movie, you're watching Jack Black. No, and that's the only character for which that's a case. But it's not. But that, for me, that kind of supports my point. There is no character there. It's just Jack Black. No, I agree for that one character. But you were saying about all the characters, <laughs> and for the rest of them they might as well have not even gotten voice actors. They just like projected two dimensional things on the screen. And, like, <laughs> My indictment of the movie is identical to what you were saying about it. 
<laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I guess I'm misunderstanding your point because your point is that it was all of the for all of them. It was the like actors that you see and not the characters. What I'm saying, it's the reverse. That Jack Black is the only actor you can notice. Like nobody goes, oh, that was Anna Joe, whatever Taylor or whatever. I think was Princess Taylor Peach, Joy. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think what Don is trying to say, and Don, you tell me, like, if I fail to to translate here, because I could also be wrong. But what I feel like I'm getting from you is that the problem with Bowser is that he's not Bowser. He's Jack Black. Oh, I agree. Is, but is, you is can't that, but, correct. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're yeah. saying. And, and so that's why, like. But Don didn't say Bowser. Don said all of the I said, characters. I said, you're never right. even I said, said, I said everyone is yeah. just their actor. Yeah. And I'm yes. saying... Christian, you're right. It isn't identical. And I think I agree with you more in this case. Because, yes, you're correct that most of the rest of the cast is totally dispensable to the yeah. point where, yes, they might as well be... They might as well not have recorded any lines. Um, yeah, I mean, next movie, they're just going to okay. use AI. I, I, can, I can go with you there. Yeah, yeah Black to record his lines um they could have just you know it would have been a more fun movie if they just gone all the way into who framed roger rabbit territory and had jack black as a live action portrayal of bowser <laughs> in a, in an, a, myth, a digital yes. yes that would have been interesting that would have been amazing yeah yeah Can for I... me it was just an excuse for scenery and that and that, that like bringing it back to mario wonder that's like there has never been any narrative complexity or depth to a single Mario game, even Mario 2, though I know people want to salvage that, right? Like, it has always been a kind of mechanical, like, thing in which the absence of narrative actually serves it. Is that wrong? No, I've always said there's no narrative it's critique of Mario. Void. We we we've we've definitely gone over this territory on the yeah, podcast. We've done, we've yeah, done, we have. We I know this that. is like an old <laughs> Yeah. Um well then let's wade into the other let's touch on all of the internet arguments that we can while we're here oh my together. Gosh. Um just break it. It's too easy. <laughs> I re- I'm I am in the camp Mario Wonder is a too easy platformer game. It is compared to and and so let me lay the groundwork that I I liked it. I like but I finished it yesterday with my I haven't finished it. I liked it. I liked playing it three. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to play. Um, But even relative to like the Mario games on the the 2D platformers on the Wii or the other kind of ones from but I guess isn't really this era. You can't really accurately say that, but like the other 2D platformers that are playable on the Switch, of which there are many in the Mario verse, this one is by far the easiest, other perhaps than Yoshi's Crafted World, which is just like a whole other, uh, like, yeah, yeah that, that's a different that's, thing. That's a different thing for different people. But like, yeah. and what's interesting to me though is that like, Mario has not been afraid to be difficult before. Mario has not been afraid to be difficult with these sort of three-dimensional cartoony renderings of these characters. Like, Super Mario World for SNES was not the last difficult Mario game. No, Super Mario 3D World had its difficult moments. Yeah, it really, really did. And I feel like, like, I did not get a single game over 
Mm. in Mario Wonder and I was also playing with a child. A child who admittedly is better at Rocket League than me. So like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's but, but, yeah, you they know. don't play the platforming skills here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's not discount these cyborg youth, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but if if I were to provide like a, a my broadest possible brush critique of the game, it would be that it, the levels are interesting. The levels are cool to look at and the wonder flower whatever part is always a fun surprise but they're really easy yeah i think that's i think that's true and i think sometimes a little too easy the only times there's any difficulty or occasionally they have like more obstacle coursey type things that are just about a single mechanic or a exactly. badge or something and the badge and you don't lose fine. lives in those and yeah and, and so and I don't mind. I don't mind the whole live system like being scrapped. If they wanted to scrap the live system, that wouldn't bother me. But I wouldn't mind like a handful of more challenging levels. Like I think there was like one instance, and I'm only on maybe the beginning of World Three. There was like one challenging instance that involved like like running and jumping to a musical melody. Yeah, that's Rayman Legends. Uh, yep. Yeah, no, it was, so, see, yeah. And, and this is why I really, really yep. want you to play this game, Don, because there are so many other games in this game and yeah. you will be able to point at the screen every single time and go, oh, that's this. Oh, that's this. Oh, they put yeah. this in Mario. And maybe is, you yeah. wouldn't like it for for that reason. But I would. This love... is the WarioWare of Mario. Yes. This and... is this is like this is the most winky Mario, and I think it works for the most part. But it's also still sometimes too easy. I love those last two Rayman games that we had, the mainline yeah. ones, and the, and those, those would get good. intensely difficult, particularly in the bonus uh, Land of the Living Dead levels. Um, but now Rayman is just a washed up Coke addict. Um, Yep. appearing in anime oh that's right yes raymond <laughs> is now a, a, a corporate apologist in that yeah. netflix show uh, whichever one that is yeah, yeah. so it's the spinoff of a far cry thing because we're in the dystopian uh. spinoff verse uh, <laughs> sure yes we are yes we are <laughs> all television is a spinoff of a spinoff of a spinoff um hyper yeah. reality yes it's what you experience when you're standing in Universal Studios in Mario World. Oh, know, yeah. Gosh. I would um, love, I would give anything to hear the Umberto Eco take on Universal Studios Mario World. Oh, my God. Because it would Umberto, be... if you're listening, I will pay for your flight. <laughs> it, oh my God. it would be a little bit sympathetic. Like, it would. He would look at it for what yeah. it is. Uh, you know, he he liked the fake uh Last Supper in Florida somewhere. Anyway, um, one one thing that I will say, I think to Wonder's credit, we'll see. Having gotten to the end, um, there is still a ton of stuff to find that I haven't that I didn't find just by going through a play like more yeah. than other Mario's that have secrets in them that you could go back and find at the end. This one seems to have a bunch. So my under, my understanding fun. is that there's an entire secret world of levels that are actually significantly difficult. Yes. I found two of them. Okay. Um, but there are seem to be considerably more than two. Uh, That's what and I've heard. Th but also like I got all the way to the end without even finding all the badges. Like there, mm -hmm. there are things. There's a lot of shit. 
yeah, waiting for you to discover them that maybe yeah. if you, and, and maybe that is part of the difficulty thing, right? Is making a little bit easier promotes exploration mm. in a way that in some of these other games, if I finally landed that pixel perfect jump that I've died at, you know, 500 times, I'm the last thing in the world I'm going to do is is go back over it again and see if maybe there's an invisible block in there you know or or something so maybe that's part of it counterpoint celeste does a fantastic job of both mm. yeah in which you can land that pixel perfect jump yeah. and think there's no way in hell i'm going back to do that again and celeste says that's totally cool whenever you feel like that you can just select it from the chapter select screen or select yeah. the nearest checkpoint to it, go back and pursue that strawberry or whatever, yeah. or B side tape or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you can have it both ways. And the difficulty options in Celeste are just so awesome because yeah. you can choose to play a punishingly difficult platformer if you want to, but you can also choose to advance further along in the story if you want to, and, and or some combination of both. And it's just like, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. But I think I think yeah. we're maybe not breaking new ground on the internet and saying that Celeste is good. <laughs> like it's yeah. really good, but I do agree. Headline for this episode: Celeste, good question Celeste. mark? Question mark? Yeah, <laughs> and all the Celeste lovers can come at us. Um, yeah, that the day Nintendo includes a Celeste style set of difficulty sliders will be the day that From Software also includes the same set of those difficulty yeah. sliders. I'd you get know, a kick out of it. Like... I'd get a kick out of it. I kind of needed I guys I'm going to admit to you that I bounced off of Baltius really hard. I just I it I don't know. There's something about Arbicore, the, yeah. yeah, there's something about the ability to level up in Dark Souls that mm. not Dark Souls. There's something about in the Souls games the way the leveling up works and the way that I can go grind for stuff and keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger and come back works for me. And this first just I'm just not that good, I guess, at the mechanics of how this game works. I kept throwing myself at this guy, and there's like a mini boss that's also a little bit hard that's before him that you have to kill every time you want to go try to fight him. And it's just like, this is, I fell off. I fell off. Um, but I'll come back to it someday when I have time. But I have like my favorite game that came out this year. It was my most anticipated, and it, it delivered in almost every. Respect. I like it. It um, looks super cool. I, I, I really want to find the next part. I really want to get there, but we'll see. It, it's my I, favorite yeah. game from Soft has made since uh, Bloodborne or Demon Souls. Wow. I mean, I I think it's I like I I really love it. But having said that, I do think that the things about Armored Core Six that I don't enjoy as much on a mechanical level are pretty much what you're pointing to. I think that there are some bosses, and Baltius is the main one, the, the first, uh, yep, um, first boss. First large chapter-ending boss, I should say. There are there are bosses, of course, before. Where I, I think that in a desire to have the kind of boss that forces players into experimenting with different techniques until they hit on a combination that works for them. I think that, I think that's the intent. I don't think it was executed terrifically well in, in the shape of that boss. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel this way about a lot of the game. I, I, I 
if there is one thing that I would have liked uh, different from at least the English localization of Armored Core 6, which I think is excellent, um, it would be fewer bosses that had kits that overmatched mm. what the player is able to work with and more difficulty in the arena in which you're put up against mechs that are arrayed with uh, similar parts or the same parts that the player can be equipped with. Um, I want more symmetrical mech combat, and the Balteus fight is a very asymmetrical fight. That's that is I I in my opinion that's that's the problem with with that fight from mm. a from a design perspective. Yeah, exactly. From a narrative perspective, that game delivers in spades in a way that I hmm. did not expect it to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that it's its story and characters are actually hmm. Armored Core 6 wouldn't necessarily be the first place where I would have said, yes, I want a story about selfhood and identity. Um, it delivers probably the best one of those out of anything I've played all year. Yeah, well, I, I've, I've got to get back to it and I will. I will because I like it and I want to finish it. The The problem that I had was I think what you basically described that like I tried every combination. Like I've unlocked a lot of the parts. I tried every combination of parts. I tried fast and light. I tried big and tanky. I tried just like all different kinds of stuff. And I just never quite found the thing that unlocked that specific boss for me. And maybe that's because I'm just not, I didn't get good. I never got good. Um, but, but, uh, one That's, way or that another, sucks, man, it sucks. It sucks that you, it, the, the game gave you the feeling that you might not be, be good yeah. enough to continue playing it. But I, like I, that I think, to me, I said, I think I might you there on the game's part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's hope. Especially there's if you hope. gave it try and try and try, right? right it's not like you right. like played it like this is bullshit through your controller, through the television and yeah. walked away. I, yeah. that is not what you're describing here you put in the effort. <laughs> no 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 i gave it a good faith effort but i also have like all of tears of the kingdom still to play so like uh, i i'm not i'm not short on i'm not short on stuff to do um speaking of stuff to do i'm gonna say my one line about diablo 4 before we go because I thought about this before the podcast. And here's my here's my one sentence review of Diablo 4. Diablo 4 is the video game that I play when I want to play a video game, but I don't really want to play a video game. That's it. <laughs> That's Diablo I, 4. I, think, <laughs> I mean, I, my version of that would be Diablo 4 is the video game I play when I want to watch TV. Yes, exactly. um, you know, That's it's like, you know. I don't know, I don't better. mind that, but I'm also trying to then remember back to a day where I obsessively played both the first and the second Diablo because right. I, the first Diablo, I think I was a year late to, but you know, I played the first Diablo on PC and the second Diablo on PC and the second Diablo, I just remember vividly, I was in high school uh, and just you know, clicking away. My father and I would like trade back and forth on the computer. And yeah. I was like, how did I do that? Because I can't imagine doing that now. No. And, I, and I don't, because I don't think Diablo 4 is any worse or, or any better. It has different flaws to it. And we can talk about, you know, the system it's coming out of, but that's, but it's like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Clicking. It's not just, just not what it used to be. It's clicking. Not what it used yeah. to be. 
<laughs> Overrated. Mm, very title. Yeah. yeah. My computer is about to die. Yep. Uh should we wrap soon? Yes. I think hour? we can. I think we can. We were gonna aim for an hour anyway. Um, and uh we certainly don't want Christian or his computer to expire on us because then he has to come live in the Eldritch Void with me. Um I would love to live in the Eldritch Void with you. Can you know? That is the nicest thing anyone has said to me this week, and uh, I don't know how <laughs> people have I just feel been saying that. mean things to you, huh? <laughs> um, uh, can Can I do a quick um, self promotion since it's also gamers with glasses promotion? So um, I have an essay in, that was originally published on Gamers with Glasses. That is coming out in a book titled Blood Echoes uh, from Toon and Fairweather Press out of Ireland. Uh, if you don't know their work, they do like the most beautiful sort of best designed. You could call it an art book, but there is also there's commentary, there's interviews, there's ideas um, about often sort of somewhere from the from soft verse but it's not even necessarily always those games um they've done a ton of really really great work on sort of giving people a place to look and see the mythology of these games it's often a little bit obtuse and hard to find laid out um and i do not do any of that i <laughs> said a little bit of my piece about uh, how Bloodborne is a pandemic game and what it was like to play Bloodborne during a pandemic. Uh, and that's what I had to say that uh, got into the book. Uh, but it is available for pre-order right now, the book on the Tune and Fairweather shop. It's very, it's, it's a book that I'm really excited to get a contributor copy of uh, because it is priced as art books are priced. So uh, be prepared for this if you're going to give it a look, but it is a really, really awesome volume. I've been watching the production of it and looking at, uh, at some of the images that I've seen are just so it's awesome. It's going to be it, awesome. It looks it's beautiful. Be super Nate. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You you're, and I'm starting to see on Twitter um, some pictures of some completed like boxes with some, maybe a book copy in them. So I don't, I don't have exact dates on when they're going to ship, but I think that now would be an excellent time to check out that little pre-order page. If you were so inclined, I'm super, super excited to be part of that. Super excited to uh, represent the, the old GWG community woot, in there. Woot. Yes. Yes. Blood echoes, Eldritch, Eldritch things. Nate Eldritch things. <laughs> part of a cool art book all in one. Yeah one iconic object um hey something that's simply iconic is a sign rather than the, the signifier without significance that is so rare for this podcast <laughs> gamers with glasses where you're <laughs> always in the void <laughs> i thought you said butt echoes and that made me think all kinds of good all, all right kinds of good stuff now that now that we got the butt echoes can i call the episode butt echoes oh <laughs> <laughs> Nate, do we have any control? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't.